Hello Return Homies, Jeff Heimbuck here with some super quick announcements. First off, hey, we're back! Finally! We hope you enjoyed our return with episode 16, Outdated Clocks. Now, as you probably know already, it's been a really long road to get situated again with all the problems we had, but we are glad to finally be back. Speaking of Outdated Clocks, it was written by Maya Brown Jackson, and I just wanted to give her a shout out because we just recently won a Parsec Award for Best Speculative Fiction Story, Large Cast, Short Form, because of Episode 13, Genie, which she also wrote. So thank you to Maya for writing two fantastic episodes now, and to our listeners and peers who nominated and ultimately voted for us. So that's kind of cool, right? Season 3 is going to continue all the way up to episode 23, and we are pretty stoked about that because we have some great twists and surprises in store, especially on this episode. Also, speaking of surprises, and this is a good one, if you've been following us on Twitter, you may have seen that we teased an ebook a few weeks back and for the last couple of weeks. Well, surprise, it's done and it's available right now in both ebook and physical book format. It's called Interludes from Melancholy Falls, Volume 1, and it contains 16 short stories that all take place within the world of Return Home. Now, it features some of your favorite side characters like Big Joan and the always indisposed Mayor De Palma, but uh, there's some new ones along the way, too. Now, I may be a little biased, but the stories are a lot of fun and add just a little bit more to the world of Return Home and the Citizens of Melancholy Falls. Usually on Amazon, the ebook and the physical copies are linked together on the same page, but as of this recording, they're two separate pages for some reason. I already requested for them to be put together, so hopefully by the time you hear this, both copies are going to be available in the same place. But even if not, just look up Interludes from Melancholy Falls Volume 1, or my name, Jeff Heimbuck, on Amazon, and you will definitely find it. And as a little bonus for the Patreon supporters, you're going to be getting the ebook version on the Patreon page, so if you're a patron, check that out first before you buy one. Again, it's called Interludes from Melancholy Falls Volume 1, and I am really, really proud of it. It was a lot of fun to write, and if you just want to learn more about the World of Return Home, go check it out. Okay, that's enough for me. As always, thank you all for listening and for your support. Enjoy episode 17, 1984. Previously on Return Home. My name is Jonathan Barker. After five years away, I returned to my hometown of Melancholy Falls after receiving a mysterious phone call. Oh, Jonathan. Return home. Along with my best friends, Buddy and Amy, I found that larger forces were at play. I was a pawn for the Society of Shadows in their fight against the coming darkness. Serve the shadows! Serve the shadows! So far, our encounters with the problems of Melancholy Falls have been less than normal. Glowing talismans, fighting off evil, superpowers that rarely work, all of that comes with the territory. But what does being the Chosen One actually mean? You just threw your hands out and that thing flew backward. We don't know what comes next, but we do know that we're in this together. Seriously, we just became an episode of Scooby-Doo. It is now time to return home. After Buddy's trip to the West Coast, which we still don't know much about, 
and my trip to a melancholy falls perpetually stuck one hour in the past. We decided it was long overdue to finally fix Buddy's house, after the evil Jin, who happened to be a manifestation of one of the Seven Sins, rampaged through it. In fact, the entire town of Melancholy Falls seemed to be well on their way to mending the damage. Construction crews were still putting the finishing touches on it to getting it back to better working order than it was before, but things were still going well overall. Really well. Almost too well. Taking advantage of the downtime, and based on Amy's insistence that we look into it, we decided it was high time we found out what it actually meant to be the Chosen One, including trying to figure out what the hell kind of powers I might have. Come on, you can do it. Move those books with your mind. I don't think it works quite like that, buddy. Why not? You're not really helping me live out my fantasy being the wise yet sarcastic teacher, just like in Empire Strikes Back. Well, that's probably because Luke was a Jedi, and I am, well... I have no idea what I am. You're the chosen one, and with that, you get a pretty sweet talisman which glows whenever it wants, and some kind of freaky chosen powers, powers that manifest at seemingly random, yet incredibly helpful times, sure. But hey, whatever works, right? Works, saves our lives, whatever. We're not picky. Amy had this great idea of going to the library and- Oh man, not research again. That's what I said. But really, if we looked through some of the back issues of the Melancholy Falls Gazette, we might be able to find some answers. I can see the headline now. Local friends found dead, bored to death by reading old issues of newspaper. There's gotta be an easier way to do this, right? I mean, how long before we start doing the wax on, wax off thing? Yeah, I think you're mixing Zen Masters up now. Why don't we- Oh, hang on one second. Who is that? Don't worry about it. Anyway, like I was saying, why don't we just cut out the middleman and go directly to the source? What's that? The Society of Shadows. Oh, I really don't want to see Zane anytime soon. Seriously, what the hell happened out there? It was nothing bad, but man, I never, ever want to share a room with that man ever again. If you thought my snoring was bad? Like sawing trees? More like that machine at the end of Fern Gully. Come on, man. This is the only way we're ever going to get some answers. Can we just... Let me get possessed by the whispers or something, ask them. As if their cryptic talking has ever led us to any answers? Ugh, fine. But you're doing all the talking, at least until he apologizes. Let me just grab my coat. Bye, Tink. We'll be back in time for dinner. It didn't take long before we called Amy to meet us, and all three of us were wandering around in a cave that was home to the Society of Shadows. We followed the light of our flashlights until we found the torches that led into the main chamber, where Zane was speaking to some masked members. He turned to look at us as we approached. Ah, Mr. Barker. Miss Reynolds, what an unexpected surprise. And how nice of you to bring your lapdog along, too. Oh, how nice to bring your lapdog along, too. Blah. Enough, you two. Look, we're only here because we were wondering if we can ask you a few questions. Of course. Let me just finish up here. He turned back to the other society members to finish his previous conversation. You two, head to the Cromwell Estate and make sure Isaac is behaving. I don't have time for any of his games. Understood? Once they nodded, they took off into the darkness and Zane returned his attention back to us. What was that about? That was more of a matter of... human nature. Let me deal with those and you three stick to the more supernatural ones. Now, what can I help you with? Well, for starters, can you tell us what the hell happened between you and Buddy out in California? Johnny! Seriously, it's driving us up a wall. You two seem especially surly toward each other. More so than usual, I mean. Oh. 
So he didn't tell you. Tell us what? Mr. Nutters. Fine, let's get this over with. Finally! I went out for a meeting with some associates, and apparently Mr. Nutters thought I would be gone longer than I was. I returned to the room early, and once I opened the door, I found Mr. Nutters to be completely nude. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously? (laughs) What? I took a shower and didn't realize that Mr. Prima Donna over here had already used all four towels, so I had to call the front desk for more. (laughs) That's what the big deal was? Buddy, who cares if someone saw you naked? I don't care if someone sees me naked. I have nothing to hide. I just didn't want him to see me naked. So what's the big deal? He could have at least knocked. It was my room, too. All right, can we just move past this? Zane, apologize to the man. For what? Just do it, please. Otherwise, we'll never get anything done. Fine. I'm sorry I saw you nude. And? And what? You know what? (sighs) I'm sorry I used your toothpaste. And? And your toothbrush. Ew, gross. We left in a hurry. I forgot to pack mine. You gave him like two weeks notice, dude. What is it that you want, Mr. Barker? As you can see, we are very busy here. Oh, right. Questions. So, uh, we were wondering if we could ask you about the Chosen Oneness stuff? What about it? Well, you know, what exactly is it? Why is it? How is it? Please don't say, when is it? I can only handle so much of your adorable repertoire. But seriously, we have questions. Do you have answers? It's hard to explain. For someone who enjoys monologuing as much as you do, I never thought I'd hear you say that. So explain as best you can. What gives? Yeah, like you said, there were two chosen ones now. So who's the second? Why are there two now? Who was chosen before Johnny? What's the talisman for anyway? What did they do to keep the darkness at bay? What's the deal with the telekinesis? How is a chosen one, well, chosen? Slow down. This isn't the rapid-fire round on a game show. Can you at least tell us something? Anything? So far, it's just been a lot of figuring it out on our own. And not even doing a good job at that. I can do you one better. I can show you. Please don't make us sit through old home movies. Please. As if I would ever share my intimate childhood memories with the lot of you. What the hell would you show us, then? Like you said, you don't know much about being the Chosen One, or about the Society of Shadows. We have our own methods of record-keeping, ones that rival any archiving system in the entire world. Ah, he better not say books. Well, a perfectly suitable way to gain the knowledge you seek, not what I had in mind. Instead, you will learn what you seek from the memories of those who came before. Right. So, diaries then? What would you say if I told you that, instead of reading or hearing about the memories of those who have the answers, you could actually live them? I would say it's called a pensive. Yes, I know. It's unbelievable. Wait, what? Yeah, a pensive, like in Half-Blood Prince. What in the name of the Elder Gods are you talking about? In Harry Potter, he gets to live through other people's memories by placing it into something called the pensive. It was actually a pretty cool storytelling device. So you're not impressed by this whatsoever? I mean, it's still pretty cool, but definitely not unheard of. Does nothing impress the lot of you? We are literally fighting monsters in our spare time. It's going to take a lot these days. How does your pensive work anyways? It's not a pensive, whatever that is. It's a doorway. Like a physical doorway? Yes, indeed. So we just walk through it and see things, or...? You think of the memory you want to see the most. Keep that thought in your head as you enter the doorway, and when you walk out the other side, there you are. I'm just not getting it. Are we actually there? Like, physically? Well, yes. 
and no. What do you mean? You will have traveled to that memory, yes. And while your consciousness may be there, you physically will not be. You are able to observe, to watch, but in no way may you interfere. So you're basically saying we'd be sent back into the past? Yes, exactly. Wait, is this another time-traveling episode? Didn't we just have one? What did you say? Nothing. Are those the time travel rules that we're going with here? We can just see things happen, but we can't do anything while we're there? Yes, why? We just don't want to go back and cause an alternate 1985 or something. You know, back to the future style. Funny you say that, because that is very close to where you want to be. At Biff's Pleasure Palace? No, 1985. Well, 1984, actually. But you get the idea. Okay, so what are we waiting for? Let's do this. Do we need to pack a lunch or anything? No, you will find that despite how much time you spend there, no time at all will have passed here. It's quite remarkable, really. And how do we get back? The doorway will return you when the moment is right. Not a moment before, not a moment after. So we're trusting an inanimate object to bring us back safely? It is not an inanimate object. It is much, much more than that, Mr. Nutters. In fact, it is so much more that I don't even have the time to begin to explain the intricate inner workings of it in the small amount of time we have. I'd probably be bored anyway. So, are we going? Yes, you are going. This way. Zane took us further into the cave, down a passageway I had never seen before, until we came to a dead end. Well, I guess it wasn't exactly a dead end. Embedded into the cave wall was a doorway. One that was pretty unassuming as far as doorways go. There was a large brass knob on it, and I went to grab it before Zane stopped me. Not so fast, Mr. Barker. You must first think of the memory, remember? Oh, yeah. Duh. And what is the memory exactly? And whose memory is it? You'll see for yourself when you get there. Just think these words. Passing of the torch, 1984. Passing of the torch? 1984. All of that. It's very important. And that's all? That's all. Zane opened the doorway himself, leaving us to ponder what exactly we were about to see. We stared in, but only saw the inky black of nothingness staring back at us. Is this a good idea? Has that ever stopped us before? Literally never. Well, here goes nothing. Without another thought, the three of us filled our heads with passing the torch 1984 and stepped through the doorway into the past of Melancholy Falls. Return Home, Episode 17, 1984. You just listened to Part 1 of 3. It was written and produced by Jeff Heimbach. It featured the vocal talents of Forrest Orta, Alyssa Ritorno, Cleve Nettles, and Jeff Heimbach. The original musical score was by Corey Celeste. You can find out more about the show and find Return Home merchandise by visiting our website at returnhomepodcast.com. Explore more of Return Home with interludes from Melancholy Falls, Volume 1, written by Jeff Heimbuck, available now on Amazon. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash returnhomepodcast, on Twitter at returnhomeshow, and on Tumblr at returnhomepodcast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider supporting us by leaving a review on iTunes or contributing to our Patreon at patreon.com slash returnhomepodcast. Questions? Comments? Want a pensive door of your own? Send us an email at returnhomepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, pleasant dreams.